Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page. Merry Christmas, everybody. You know, I was sitting there, I don't know how many times through the years that I've heard Debbie sing Bethlehem Morning. And I was just thinking, heck, that's better than my sermon. Well, just let it go at that. But Because uh, every time she does it, it seems like it's just perfection. Christmas Eve. What's it all about, anyway? I'm glad that a handful of you folks take time out of our county and city and across the river to gather here for a little while and think about what it really is. Because Christmas is all about what God has done for us. If you look at the life of he sent Jesus into the world and it was something that surprised everybody His birth was a surprise. Where it was, wasn't. But how it happened was. His death was a surprise to everybody but God because it was a part of his plan from the outset. His resurrection, another surprise. But you put those together his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. And we've got the best news that our world has ever had. Amen. It's all about how much God loves us. He loves us, and, and we need to get our arms around that because the older I get, the more I'm convinced that Christianity isn't Christianity unless... There's more love than, than the world can actually understand or appreciate. Religion is what we think we do for God. But Christianity is what God has done for us. He tells us, I love you so much that I sent my son Jesus into the world just for you. To help you. You were in a situation that you couldn't get out of. And the penalty was so bad that I've stepped in and done something about it. So what did he really accomplish? If you go back to the Garden of Eden, because what he's saying is we're starting all over again. In the Garden of Eden, God made himself available to Adam and Eve for some kind of communication that is beyond my comprehensive powers. I've thought about it and mulled it over. And just as soon as they sinned and they were pushed out of the garden and the angels of God were there to prohibit them from coming back into that fellowship with him, God then made a promise. And here's what I see Christmas is really all about. First of all, Christmas is a celebration of promises kept. 
Because in Genesis 3.15, God said, here's what I'm going to do. In spite of the horrible mistake that you've made and turning your back on me and trying to demand things the way you want them instead of doing the way that I want you to, you've lost communication with me. But the day is going to come when I will reestablish that communication. And what he did was he sent his son into the world for the specific purpose of making it possible for us to communicate with God the way that Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. And if you're born again, you have that communication possibility through the power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis, all of your life. And then some way or another that's beyond our comprehensive powers, then when we leave this world, we then go into a face-to-face relationship with the living God. That promise was made. But here's the thing, you, that you, the reason it was so surprising. We have a tendency to think God ought to operate on our schedule, and he doesn't. You know, for 400 years between the closing of the Old Testament and the opening of the New, there was silence. And people had given up on the Messiah coming. And they've given up on him in our day of him coming again. How many sermons have you heard in recent days of the second coming of Jesus? Not many. And the reason you need to get on your toes is because when the, the, Jesus said, when you think not, that's what I'm going to show up. And we're in the think not era right now. So don't be surprised if one of these days you hear the trumpet call and then you'll see Jesus again face to face. He promised that. That's the reason Jesus, when he came, you see, God was with Adam and Eve. And then when Jesus came, and his name literally means God's salvation, Jehovah's salvation. That's the meaning of his name, Jesus. Jehovah's salvation. And so he kept that promise. That's the reason the Apostle Paul said, and it's recorded in the fourth chapter of the book of Galatians, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son, sent under the law, And that fullness of time is an interesting term that literally means what we would say today when he had all these ducks in a row. When the stars were fully aligned, when everything was just exactly right, God sent his son. Because you see, God's timing is right. If we try to hold God to our calendar, we're going to be disappointed. Look at the years that passed between Genesis 3 and the advent of Jesus in Bethlehem at about 4 B.C., you can't, but what he was really saying all through the Old Testament, and people didn't catch it. Hey, help is on its way. Listen carefully. Calvary is coming. Help is on its way. Calvary is coming. That's when our sins would be paid for by the blood of Jesus, and we would then have access to God after we repent of our sins and he puts his Holy Spirit within us. 
Celebration is really, or Christmas really, a celebration of God keeping his promise that he made eons ago. I think Christmas is also a celebration of gifts, of a gift received. If you go through the New Testament, and I did that just recently in preparation for tonight, and you know the older I get, the more I rely on notes because sometimes I forget even where the church building is and how to get here. So, so it becomes necessary that you do that, that I kind of rely on those things. The Bible teaches this, that all the good things that we have that are from God are are gifts. Faith, he says in Ephesians 2, is a gift of God. Your capacity to trust him is a gift from God. And then he says, and this is an interesting term, it's in 2 Corinthians 9, he says that it's an indescribable gift that he gives us. Beyond our description. And you know what that gift really... Then in, in John 4.10, we know what that gift is. The gift is Jesus himself. Christmas is, after all, a celebration of a gift received. And that is... And you see, our salvation is not something you can earn. I don't care what you try to do to earn favor with God. It doesn't work. Because he has said, that's not the way I do business. It's by grace that I'm going to give you the gift of Jesus. And that gift, in John 3, when you accept him, is eternal life. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I don't understand that either. I really don't. I'm grateful for it. And when you get to be 81, you say, bring it on. That's good stuff, you know. Christmas is also, I think, and here's where you, and I want you to be kind of on your toes because we're going to morph into lighting a candlelight thing here in the middle. But I don't want it to be just a candlelight. I tell you what, and really, we talked about this in staff meeting. If you've got a telephone, not like mine. Mine's a flip phone, which all godly people have. But if you've got one of those fancy phones, it's got a light on it. And you see, if we can take all of these wonderful gifts that we have, that we purchase and so on, and use those things to the glory of God... The telephone with all the Facebook and all of that stuff, if we can use that to the glory of God, it's a whole lot better than lighting a little candle and breaking the law. Because we're not supposed to be lighting fires in church buildings anymore. We can get away with it. In fact, I'll give you a, some, a, a hint that you probably didn't know. This is sage advice from an old preacher. If you've got stuff you want to burn at your house, if you'll say prayer before you burn it and have a religious experience, you can do that legally. The law, the law says if you, if you pray over it and uh, well, light her up, it's okay. I didn't know that until I ran into an old guy. He's still alive, living in Florida, that this building wouldn't be here without him. 
named Esther Stahl. He was, he was uh, full of those kind of wisdom things. Chris, you see, Christmas is a celebration of a message that we can proclaim. Because I wake up early in the morning and the first thing I do is I listen to news programs. And invariably, it is just one after another of bad news. War and rumors of war. Murders. Drug dealings. All of it. Bad news. And you and I have been given good news to share with our world. And this is kind of neat when you look at it from the standpoint and you understand the scriptures. Jesus came along and, and he said about himself, first of all, God is light. Now, when they use light, he's not really talking about this message that we have to proclaim. Uh, it, 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 he, when he talks about light, he's talking about it is knowledge of something that is of extreme importance. Now, we use that term all the time without bringing it back to the gospel where it belongs. We talk about shedding some light on the subject. What does that mean? That means that we are, can see things that we need to understand. There's knowledge here to be gained. And, and John, in, the, in 1 John 1, 5, says that God is light. Then, Jesus comes along in John 8, 12 and says, He's light. Why? Because He's God in the flesh. So He says, I'm the light of the world. And then, in the Sermon on the Mount, He says to His followers, You're the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill can't be hid. You, you can see it. Then he says, you know, that you and I are the light of the world. What does that mean? That means that we can bring knowledge. Remember what light is. Light is bringing to, to our knowledge something that is important. We're going to put some light on a subject. And the subject is salvation through Jesus Christ. That's the subject. And it is, whosoever will may come. Whosoever will may come. And here's what he says. Now then, how do we become the light of the world? It's kind of simple. When the character qualities of Jesus begin to be seen in you and me, we then show the world that we can change. And that we can love. We can love people we don't even like. So why, how do you mean that? Because, see, love for us usually means, usually means we have warm, fuzzy feelings for somebody. And Jesus says, no, it's not that way at all. If you have feelings that are negative about somebody, you can still wish them well and treat them well. Because, you see, love isn't what we say. Love is what we do to each other. I actually get kind of offended people at, at some folks saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And if you turn your back on them, you got blood coming down your britches, you know. 
from the stab. And so he's saying to us, I will give to you through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in you the capacity to treat people well you don't even like and who don't like you either. Because he said, it's easy and even sinners like people who like them and are good to them. But I want you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to do good to those that don't like you and you don't like them either. You see, that's supernatural power given through the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. And it's easier to do at Christmas time than any other. I heard somebody coming. I don't know who it was, but I could hear him. I was in there putting the microphone on. These microphones are, are becoming demonic, so we're going to have to get some new ones. But anyway, and I heard him say, Oh, Matt, you said that people were easy to get to church at Christmas time, so I invited 30. Well, keep up the good work. Now, here's, here's, here's the way this works. There's an interesting poem that was written by uh, one of those old famous guys that was often quoted by a Scottish entertainer. His name was Sir Harry Lauter, and he put in every one of his he was he was just he went all over the world giving speeches. He was that good. And one of them And he always closed with the one that was called the old lamp lighter. And you see, before our time, before there was electricity, you had oil lamps, and the cities had oil lamps. And every evening as the sun went down, this old guy would come along with his torch and his ladder, and he would lift the globe and light the wick and let the wick back down and take the, go back down the ladder, go to the next pole, go up the ladder, lift the globe, light the wick, let the globe back down. You see, I, I was raised on a farm down at the end of Blacksnake Hill at Pew's Ferry, just down the road from Sunrise, Kentucky. And we had no electricity. And I can remember when it came to our house. And every evening late in the day, my mother would lift the globe on a lamp, turn it up, light it. And that's how we had light in the house. And when we went to milk up at the barn, there was an old coal oil lantern. And you'd lift the globe and you'd light the light and let the globe back down. And you could see to milk the cows and slop the hogs and feed the chickens, carrying the coal. That was the common. So Sir Harry Lauder would say, you could, and the old guy would take his torch. He was usually a poor man. Lift the globe, light it, go down. But you could always see where he had been by the lamps he had lighted. Christianity, you see, is for you and me to be lamp lighters by doing good and loving as Jesus loved us, we're to love each other and to love even the folks who don't like us. One of the real neat things that we do here 
is that every year, and this year it was over 100 youngsters whose parents are in prison, at least one, sometimes two, we make sure that they have a gift. And the gift that they get isn't, doesn't say it's from us. It says that it's, we buy it, and, and, and we buy it for the person that's in prison. Because the chaplain goes to that person, says how many children you have, and he gives them their names. And then they send us those names and where they live. And then we find out what they want. And we send them a present from the person who is in prison. That could, and and these, most of these, believe it or not, are from Saud County. These are people who have stolen from you and me, sold drugs to our kids, people we don't like very well. But you see, when you love them, it melts even the heart of the worst of people and gives them hope of change. And we've had one of the most miraculous things I have ever seen in my life is a little girl who was murdered out here in prison. Her mother was a friend of mine. I've known her ever since I came to town 50 years ago. And she was filled of anger and hatred toward that man. And when we gave away those gifts at Christmas time, she would call me up and just really read the riot act. But because we loved her, the day came when she came here and helped us wrap the presents. People can change. And the message is this, anybody can change if they're exposed to the light of the gospel of God. And you and I are the lamplighters whose primary responsibility is take the good news that Jesus loves us, died for us, and our sins have been paid for. All we have to do is receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And he then will fill us with his Holy Spirit and equip us to be lamplighters. And when we all do it together, some really neat things happen. Turn down the lights and get your little light out. Get your telephones out. All of them now. Get them out there cause they, and turn them on. And let's see what happens when we all stand with our light shining. Because we live in darkness. We live in an evil world. We're lamplighters in an, evil world, in an evil world. God can use you just as you lifted your lights. God be praised. God be praised. You can be seated. Do you see what can happen? You see what can happen? Well... I've tried to put a little light on the subject. And I hope you understand. One of my favorite singers is going to sing for us now. And I think she's maybe got a little help. She was rooting. Rosanda, come up here with me. No, 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 you leave her back there. You come up here. With me. 
You come up here with me. You come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. I'll, I'll get her in time. I have to put up with her all the time. You know, she's kin folks. You know, I. You know, uh, I heard Roseanne to describe this way. She was one of the. She says she's. She was. This guy told me. He said she may be one of the best singers that Scioto County ever had. And when. Are you leaving? Did She's I make you mad? mad? Okay, yeah. <laughs> You're my best friend, you said, for life. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, we asked Rosanda, because here, here's what we'd like to do, and, and she's a part of this. We want to, over the years, to develop some traditions for our church. We'd like for Debbie and Rosanda to sing every year as long as I'm alive. And I intend to live to be 100. Amen. And maybe a little more than that. But anyway, just right now, if the Lord will give me 19 more years, that means you get to live for a while, too. Okay. Are you ready to sing for us? Okay, Ken folks, let me get out of the way. And you're going to love what these guys are doing. And then we'll have a prayer. And anybody who didn't get your picture taken, we'll hang around here till you go out and get that done. But uh, I want you to uh, just let Rosanda have the platform. Come, 
praise his name forever. We'll praise his name forever. We'll praise his name forever. I know I'm a little biased, but I'll just say it, out of the park. Am I right? Wow, guys. Thank you so much. God bless you. All right, so here's what's going to happen, um, folks. The staff, if you will congregate back there in the atrium, uh, the staff would like to uh, greet you as you go out the way. If you haven't got, if you weren't available to get a family um, picture and you'd like to do that, we'll try to make that happen. We really thank Kayla Wolf for doing that, volunteering to that, and her husband Nathan for helping to take those names. We'll get those out to you by email. You may have seen it's in front of a green screen, and I put this on Facebook, said this this weekend, but just so you know, if you're wearing a green shirt and you get your picture taken, I'm just warning you right now, there's going to be an Anchorman 2 thing going on. Your head's going to be floating. It looks like you have no body, all right? We can't help that. That's just the way a green screen works, okay? But one more time before we go, Debbie Bailey, Rosanda, Jerry, Megan, thank you. Thank you all. Amazing job. Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page.